Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast number 10, Truth and Levity with Candace and Jordan. Jordan and Candace. Candace and Jordan, Candace and Jordan, Candace and Jordan. <laughs> oh my goodness. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, Candace. How are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really proud of Candace. Um, she's not really feeling mentally, emotionally 100%. I think that would probably be an understatement. And um, she's willingly stepped into this podcast and we'll see how it goes. Um, but Candace, as yep. <laughs> honest an answer as you can give me through tears, whatever, how you feeling? What's, what's going down? Well, I'm in a storm, as I would call it. Gosh, like a depressive storm. Yes, yeah. and um, I like to call them storms because I know it's going to pass through and it's going to move. But um, I know part of it is May is coming. May so, is month that we lost our dad to suicide. It's almost maybe like my headspace prepares me for that, mm-hmm. and kind of puts me in like a darker um, way. Um. And I've just kind of been hiding it from the world that I'm in a depression right now. I'm, I have depression right now. I'm in, I'm in a definite way. And um, I'm starting to ask for help holding the umbrella as the raindrops are hitting me pretty hard. So um, I wasn't sure if I was going to be okay to do this podcast today, but it's truth. <laughs> and and we will get to the levity because I know I need it. But um can you can you can you, can I, you mind if I ask a few questions? Get, sure, yeah. What, uh, so I, you say you're in a sort of a depressive space. How are you conscious or aware of how long that's been? Um it's probably been um building mm-hmm. for a couple maybe a month, month or so. I don't even remember cuz you just kind of like I guess I would call it high functioning mm-hmm. because I can go to work and um and be normal. But um probably in the past week it's really affected me at home. Whereas um what I will do is it's almost like I'm paralyzed and I can't really um do anything. It's like mm-hmm. just getting through the day is hard. So all the energy when it goes into like going to work and having the energy to be there and, and just be this fun teacher that, you know, gives a hundred percent to the kiddos and loves on them and gives them everything. It's almost like a character I'm playing for that day. I'm still me, but I can pull it out of me. But then when I get home, it's like all that energy goes. And then my kids get home from school and that, person comes back out as best as she can even though I know my kids know that I'm not exactly myself but um but I just kind of it's kind of like that fake it till you make it type of thing um but I mean they bring me so much joy my kids they're funny they're sweet they're awesome um Tim really knows what's going on I'm very honest with him and and I will tell my kids that I'm I'm just feeling a little sad and usually every year this time it happens where I get sad and then I start drudging up all these other feelings of um like failure and and should I have um gotten a better career and and that worthlessness you know you kind of feel like you know I'm not providing enough for 
my family. I'm not doing enough for my family. I'm not um, cleaning up as well as I should. I'm not, um, yeah. I'm not, I'm on top of the laundry and, you know, I see Tim and he's just busting it. It's about getting it all done. And I just can't like my, I physically can't do it. So you said, um, um, started maybe a month ago but it's been the last week and a half that it's it, the heaviness has been yeah. such that you feel like you know it's it's you're walking through water so to speak not on yes. water but through water through. Uh, um so it starts kind of like as this depressive undercurrent this kind of just subtle emotional thing and you're just going about mm -hmm. your day and then it rises closer to the surface and then you start to experience the emotional content of it you're crying is yes, that... I'm crying. Um, I'm meditating. I'm breathing. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just trying to do everything I can. But and I and I'm taking my medication. I know for a little bit I I was thinking that I was in such a good place that I really didn't need it. Mm -hmm. And um and a lot I think a lot of times that happens for people that that do struggle with mental illness that you know you're feeling great so you feel like I don't need this anymore. And sometimes you just do, your levels are just off, you know, and, um, and I, my levels are off, you know, I have hormonal, you know, issues. I'm probably reaching that point where my, um, menopause will probably be kicking in and, you know, poor Tim, bless his heart. But, mm -hmm. um, but it's just, uh, one of those things that I know I, I need to, what I need, I know what I need to do. And, um, it's, I can understand when somebody is in this place, how, when it's hard to get out because your energy is depleted and you just, if I used to explain it with dad and, and how I pictured dad and his depression, but only because I think I understood it. It's almost like putting on a pair of dark sunglasses and then you put on another pair on top of that. And another pair on top of that. And it becomes, the room kind of gets darker and it's really hard to see that light mm -hmm. through those glasses. Everything's a little bit darker. That's a, that's an interesting analogy to use. Um, I had a, a meditation teacher, this, this, uh, she did my advanced certification for yoga nidra, this um, amazing teacher woman, the name of Kamini Desai. And she would talk about the deeper you get into a meditation practice. It's like, you realize you've been wearing these layers of sunglasses and you slowly take them off and you start to see clearer <laughs> yeah. and clearer. And also uh, meditation wise, that's what you described. I know you were, you were referring to meditation, medication, all of those things, but I hear that uh, as it's sort of the, the number one thing I think I hear from students periodically is, uh, you know, they'll check in with me because things were going great. And so they stopped meditating. They stopped their daily mm -hmm. practice. Things were going great. And then all of a sudden they find themselves in a rut. And I think it's important though, for people to go through that experience to affirm how important those positive uh, mental health things we do for ourselves, whether that's talk therapy, medication, meditation, any of those things, we have to kind of fall off the wagon and, and feel the heaviness to realize yes. how important it is. So, so, so you, you described sort of the sensation physically, the heaviness, the weight, you, you talked about, you know, the emotion release of tears, but intellectually, what is, what is the depression? What's the experience like for you? What is it, you know, what story does it center itself around? What, it, what, what story in your headspace does the depression gravitate towards? Um, it gravitates towards um, self-hate, self-loathing, mm -hmm. um, 
I get mad at myself for being the way that I am. I um, feel trapped. So um, sometimes it's hard to, like I'll sit there and I'll think all the things that I wanna do and I physically can't. And then I also think of the worthlessness of things, I feel like a failure sometimes. Like I should have done this, I should have done that. And um, even the things that I do, do right now, I'll just find like all the negatives around it. So it's almost like this, um, like this virus just kind of takes over of negativity and mm -hmm. it kind of just spills out and it's, and it's hard to kind of wash that away. And it, and it's just, um, it's like each one is like that heavy raindrop that just beats you down. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I just feel bad because I know that Tim doesn't experience this. So to somebody on the outside looking in, I feel like he's probably looking at me saying, you know, she's so lazy, look at her just laying there or just staring into space, you know, but it's just surviving, honestly, like not that, not surviving, like, you know, suicidal thoughts. I'm talking about surviving, getting through the day and functioning, you know, and I just wait to go back to bed. I mean, I'll even, there have been days where I've come home from work and I go take a nap. Like, that's just not normal, you know? Yeah. What, what you just described is Tim, Tim's, your perception mm -hmm. of his perspective on yeah. was, was, I'll say was, I'll use past tense, was my perspective on myself. I'd be, feel depressed, wouldn't really give myself that quote unquote credit and I would just beat myself up for being lazy. Oh, you know, I, I do lazy. do that though. Yeah. 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 And, and kind of like, I think we talked about in one of, one of our earlier episodes where it's like your, your self perspective is very often what we project other people as thinking. Now, I don't, I don't know where Tim's at. He may not understand if you don't understand experientially, hopefully maybe that's something this podcast can provide people that don't, you know, live and understand it. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I think it's amazing that you're willing to give voice to it. Oh, that, that was, that was it. So, so Tim's voice that you, that you projected onto him, that's, that's, that was my voice. And the only thing that I ever learned that in a lasting way changed my experiences of depression and anxiety was to supersede all those voices, accept them, allow them to be there and just wrap it all in love, love the hate within, love the hate within. You sent me a text last night and I'll read it here. You can feel free to yes. delete it if you want, but. Uh, I just want the sensation to go away completely and to feel like I am a contribution. I want to stop self-sabotaging. And she asked me, how are you so disciplined with your diet? Um, you know, with gluten and all those things she goes on to say, and then she just says, um, yeah, that, that's basically the gist of it. And she, Candace wrote that to me and it was as though she took that excerpt from my own headspace because I, my depressive underpinning carries similar thoughts about um, feeling like I'm not disciplined enough. Now my discipline, I'm very, I am very disciplined with food. My discipline always centered around weed and, and my, my use of, of weed, you know, ha habitually, you know, went from something that I would do for fun to something that I just couldn't control. And it was like, I have no discipline with it. And I see people that just, you know, I'll hang out on the weekend or once a month or whatever. I just never could do that. I just didn't have that discipline. And I, I, I re don't recall where I learned it from or but I was listening to some some speaker some talk and they just talked about people with great discipline generally don't have that 
in every aspect of their life. There are these amazing gurus who have, can literally do things beyond the, the, the scope of what we think humans can do. And then they are like sexual abusers, right? They have no discipline in, in that area of their life. There's like a documentary on, um, on Netflix about one of them. There are these, you know, great presidents. I mean, imagine how much work it takes to become a president. That's how much discipline, yet they can't even discipline themselves in the Oval Office. I'm sure we can all get that reference, right? And so um, uh, I, I, I'm kind of, there was some other great examples, just of these people who you would think are just so disciplined, right? But it's just their discipline in one aspect of their life or various aspects, but it's always kind of a weak point. And so for me, it was always weed. So when I read that text from you, I'm thinking, well, Candace, I'm not disciplined. Like everything you're saying there are the same sort of thoughts that go through my headspace. And, um, and the one thing that I've learned, and as I started this off with, is just love. All I can do is love that hate, love the stoner within me who's not disciplined, love um, any, any of those flaws. Because the more I try to fight them or to avoid them or to not feel depressed, the more I just give them power. But when I say, okay, you effing stoner, you effing depressed piece of crap, whatever, whatever I want to call myself, I love you. There's like, my, my depression doesn't know what to do with that. It's like, wait, wait, you're supposed to not want me around. I can't do, what is happening? How, how, what do I do with that? What do I do with your, you're going to, yes, end me, dude? What the hell? <laughs> how, do I, how do I manipulate you and fool you and, and tell you you're less than if you're just saying, okay, I love you, depression. It's like, it really is, it's, now it's easier said than done, right? That, right. that This was meditation after meditation, years of tears pouring down my face. But it has absolutely changed my experience of depression. You know, and, and I, don't, I don't know how I got on this tangent, but that's the only thing that I've offered to you and I've offered to you many times in the past and you are practicing and continue to practice. And the fact that you're giving voice to what you're experiencing right now is such an act of self-love. Now, I think you did it really just probably for our listeners more so yeah. than for yourself, but it's an act of self-love, right? You're not- I didn't want to at first. <laughs> I'm proud of you for doing it. You're, you don't <laughs> like have this to. Is, this is very, I mean, this is. This is powerful because you're willing to do it. And the, the key, key Candace, is, is you're saying and you're trusting that me and whoever's listening to this is going to love you, not because you're being a version of yourself, that happy version that has to go into school every day or greet your kids when they walk in the door. But we're going to love you tears and all. And so in this moment, allow me to be that extra bit of love. I love you, Candice. I love the sadness. I love the ridiculous stories in your headspace because I'm all too familiar with them. <laughs> I get it. I love you. And I think it's so powerful and, and brave of you to, to come in here with tears running down your face and, and give voice to what you're thinking and feeling and above and beyond all else. I think it's an act of self-love that, that hopefully, <laughs> maybe not immediately on reflection, <laughs> but at some point you look back and be like, wow, Candice, I really loved you enough to, to step into that space. That's awesome. I think it's awesome. Thanks, Jordan. I love you too. Um, I'll get better. I know that. I've been here before. <laughs> it's okay not to be okay. It, it is, and, it, and it's a process, right? It's a process that's unfolding literally right now before our very eyes and ears. <sighs> it's unfolding because a year ago, would you have done something like this? Never, no. no. I don't, I mean, this is something that, um, I think a lot of people might be surprised, <laughs> you know, if they listen to this, to know that this side of me is here right now because I don't show it. 
I'd rather help somebody else. You know, I'd rather, you know, if somebody reaches out to me, I will give them every resource that I can think of and um, anything they need. But, you know, and I guess this is a good way to uh, normalize that, Oh yeah, dude. you know, it's the same way, you know, if I were to have a cold, you know, mm-hmm. I have depression and, um, you know, I'm, it's going to get better. Yeah. And, you know, another fear I have when I get in this space, and I'm just going to bring it up now, is that I, um, and I've talked to you about this before, but um, maybe somebody else out there might be fearing it too. But, like, I always worry, like, when I get older, and this happens, will I do what dad did? Hmm. And um, I know that I, now I won't, but it, you know, and you and I have talked about this, so I know the answer that you've told me, but, and it made sense to me. But I think that it's important for you to tell everybody what you told me, if you can remember. I don't remember what I told you, but I'll tell you immediately what comes up in my brain, and then maybe you could enlighten me to whatever it is I told you. But um, the fact that you're talking about it right now mm-hmm. is what dad did not do. And he buried those feelings because he always had to be a version of himself for everyone else mm-hmm. instead of being his authentic self. And when you, when you realize that, oh, I can just talk when I'm crying and Jordan loves me the same and Tim loves me the same and my kids and friends and family, what a what a weight what a release of pressure and weight you you don't have to be that version of yourself that's what that's why we lost dad because he thought i have to be the guy that makes x amount of dollars that provides in this way that is always happy and jolly and he would have found out if if he had ever given us the opportunity that man well i love him for all that and more so it would have allowed me to be closer to him if he would have been vulnerable to me it would have allowed me to really see him and, and it would have relieved a weight of pressure that I felt for a long time. Oh, I'm not perfect either. It's an invitation. When you're vulnerable, it's an invitation to connect with the world because your vulnerability serves as a source of strength for other people. Your, your vulnerability right now is a source of strength for me. So thank you. Uh, but is that what I said? What I, I said? So. Yep, that's exactly what you said. <laughs> but, you know, I've armed myself with um, tools, um, with knowledge. Um, with um, meditation that scientifically is proven to grow. I mean, you know the terms, but I always think, you know, it grows parts of your brain that yeah. have deteriorated because of depression. Um, you know, I, I just imagine, you know, those parts when I'm meditating, I just picture my brain growing. I know that sounds weird, but sometimes when I get, when I start off, I just kind of send like the light to my brain to kind of grow it, <laughs> like watering it. It's like one of my little tricks that I do. Um, um, I, I will say that I haven't meditated as much in the past few weeks because when you're in a depressive state, there's some part of you that feels like well, you're also kind of paralyzed, but you also feel like you don't really deserve it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the self-care kind of isn't really there. So, um, so today I actually went outside and the sun was beating down on me and I laid on the lounge chair and um, I did two meditations and just let the sun beat down on me. And, um, you know, I'm like, I'm 
I'm going to fight back. You know, I'm not going to let it bury me alive. And because that's what it feels like sometimes. It's you like know? you, you took that, that depression with you under your arm and said, we're going to go outside and meditate to you. And the depression is like, what the hell? You're supposed to hate me and avoid me and distract yourself from me. And instead <laughs> you're inviting me into the sunshine for this meditation. What an awesome choice, dude. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, that's that was, amazing. And I mean, I, I mean, I love you and I know you, you teach me and tell me to do it, but I haven't <laughs> as I, I should, you know, dude, that's, that makes perfect sense. Why would you, I, I don't live in your head <laughs> that's I know. and I, know. I don't always practice. I, what I, treat. I mean, right. It, right. I mean, sometimes it's just easier just to kind of watch a show. I've already watched 1500 times dude, and not think and this not and think. This circles back to what we were saying a minute ago. This is why it's important when things are really going good to keep those positive habits because then the momentum is even greater when you hit these rough spots where it's so easy to justify not meditating. You're not worthy of it. It'd be easier just to stare at a screen. It's easier to smoke a bowl, whatever, whatever it is for you. You know, if you, if we really create those normal pathways when we're feeling great, it's going to be a little bit easier. So one of the reasons why you made the choice to meditate today is not just because you're badass. It's because you've meditated a lot over the last couple of years. So those yeah. neural pathways are there. Even if for a week or a month, your brain, you, nah, I'm good. I don't need it. I'm good. Today you made that choice and that's yeah. awesome. It also is a little bit selfish because I knew I had the, we were taping the podcast and about, was it three days ago? <laughs> I messaged you and I said, I am, I was, you know, honest. And I said, I'm not feeling my normal mm-hmm. sunshiny self. I'm not sure how I'll be. <laughs> so I was already trying to pave a way, you know, out, out of, of this. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to run away from it. And I knew deep down that we would end up talking about it. <laughs> I knew, yeah. but, um, not even before this, I said, it's okay if we don't save this. recording." Yeah, and, and it's still okay. But you, if you, it helps somebody out there, that's feeling like I'm feeling. I don't know whether it's going to be today or later this week or a year from now, but you're going to look back on this podcast and you're going to feel extremely proud of yourself. This is brave shit you're doing. Um, the podcast, the fact that it's in your life and then that created a certain amount of accountability for you to, to, to meditate today. Those guys like that. Right. You've that's, yeah, that's, accountability. That, that's the, that's the hack that I've created for myself. Just right? so I could function. I mean, yeah, it helped me function. And external accountability is everything. When we're, when we're trying to deal with this monster between our ears, you know, this, this freaking chaotic headspace that many of us share, do we, to have some accountability outside of ourselves to keep us honest, especially when we get into those ruts, that's, I mean, that's necessary. That's, right. that's, how, I've, that's, how, I've, that's how I've maintained my m- momentum is, is largely because of external accountability that I have consciously created in my life. Like I said, you know, just a few moments ago that like we, that's I have discipline in I think virtually every area of my life except for weed. So what I've done is created a life that doesn't allow room for me to use weed and I on a daily I basis. I didn't know that you what? had that that you had that you know impulse for weed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, probably because I've I've hidden to a certain extent, afraid of other people's judgment, that kind of stuff. It's something that I that I do want to give voice to, and I, I have in my you know private classes or like the the group classes, but. Um, yeah, it has it has so long been the my the the center of the universe of my self hate has been my use of weed 
and it, it's insane. It's ridiculous. While the rest of the world is singing Bob Marley and hanging out, right. I'm like hating myself for it. And I've done it for years. And uh, a couple years ago, I just made a decision that I'm going to love myself regardless of. And I, the mantra that I came up for myself was, I love you, Stone or Jordan. And I would say it all the time because the hate wouldn't necessarily happen when I was smoking. Maybe it would. Very often right. it happened the next day. And I'd, uh, it just, you know, it was just pervasive. Um, and I, I got to, the, I would do this, you know, quit for, you know, eight months and then I'm back on and, and, and then it's a quit for a week. And I'm, it's just this ridiculous back and forth. It's been 15 years, 20 years. And a few years ago, I just said, I, I wave the white flag. I'm just going to love myself regardless. And that's been a process, but man, it's brought a tremendous amount of peace into my life. And so part of that love, you know, loving myself was creating external accountability. So I'm not going to fight the weed. That's, it, it's something in me, right? I come from a long line of depression and alcoholism and all these things. So if the weed is the less of evils that I can bring, you know, channel that, that's fine. But I love myself enough to schedule classes that I have to teach, classes that I have to take, meetings, all these kind of things. I schedule it away where there's no room for it during the week. I don't have it and I don't pine for it or miss it at all. Right. I've said it's okay. It's going to be part of my life, but I've created an external accountability built of self-love, right? Not stuff that's going to make me miserable like this podcast or a meeting that I have before or, or my meditation classes that I teach. All that stuff fulfills me. makes me feel amazing. And I'm not going to walk in to do any of those things stoned. Right? But you don't need up. you don't need any of that to make you feel like Jordan. Like you can mm. walk in feeling yourself now. Yeah. And in fact, I never I, I don't know what 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 we did for me. It didn't it, I don't I don't necessarily I still haven't gotten to the bottom of what it provided me emotionally, but whatever it did, I I pulled the rug out from under it just by loving myself unconditionally. You know, and that's not like I walk around perpetually just in love with myself and the world, right? I got still no. plenty, plenty of shit still to unpack. But the, the baseline now on most experiences is that I love myself. And that, that has helped me to heal and cope and let go of all that, all that nonsense. So when you sent me that text, I'm like, yeah, dude, I recognize all those things <laughs> you're saying. Uh, because that's just me and we just, and I don't know, for you, it was, you know, you and what you've accomplished or. Yeah. I don't know, necessarily know what you're referring to. I mean, I changed my major like 500 times, you know, when you're, when you're young and dumb and you don't know what you, what direction you want in your life. It's kind of cruel to make a kid decide. I agree. Then that's what your future is going to be. And then, you know, I work for Chili's and I did well at it and then I became a corporate trainer. So at a young age, I got to go travel. So I kind of, and then I'm like, did I make a mistake? You know, like you start, I don't know. I could go on another tangent yep. about. <laughs> but all that I get because all that depressive yeah. underpinning, that line of thinking is yeah. I share it in my headspace. And I said, I mentioned it's about weed, but it largely large from a larger perspective, it became about my career, my self-worth. I smoked too much weed. Did that mean I cost myself this opportunity or that opportunity or should I have made this choice or that choice? But that's all just depressive thinking, right? I mean, from my perspective, Candice, you have, and I know you're not asking for this. I'm just going to offer that there's, you know, we're lost in a depressive headspace and we get lost right. in one <laughs> perspective. And this is why when you give voice to that, you get to, you open yourself up to other perspectives. Because from my perspective, you know, uh, you were my, and still are my 
mentor, my, I don't know what the right word is for the music business. The whole reason I chased my dreams is because I watched my older sister brave enough to stand on stage and, and chase her dreams and live her dreams. So you changed the course of my life. So, I mean, you're on this pedestal that you couldn't come off of uh, rocking another Lincoln. Then you have this amazing family with the two, your husband and your nephews who are my bros. I love them with all of my heart. And you have created this warm, silly, joyful home life for yourself. You had a very successful career at Chili's and then you let all that go so that you could be a stay-at-home mom, which is an amazing achievement that this nation, this world, this culture needs to appreciate more. And I kind of have a, a little bit of a personal stake in that because I was a stay-at-home dad for, for you know, <laughs> quite a few years. Um, yeah, you're just badass on all accounts in my book, but that's my perspective. And that's, that's not to take anything away from your currently depressive perspective on yourself but i do that all the time megan and i have that all the time where i'm like well my music career i didn't do this i didn't do that and she's like but you did do this and you did yeah. do that and you are doing this you know that's that's uh but that's again that's the vulnerability piece you give voice to it and then now you've opened yourself up for me to share that i think you're a badass rock star who helped change the course of my life so thank you well thank you jordan I, I would return that right now. Because, no, don't. But I no, think I the whole to. cry piece is good. <laughs> no, no. You know, you know, no. I've already wept through this, but. And beyond um, that, also, like, uh, you I mean, just, everybody knows me, knows how much I am proud of you. No, no, don't do that. Just, just. It's true. Thank, it's true. <laughs> like, we already know. You also uh, uh, have always created an atmosphere of joy when you're around. And those, those kind of things can't be measured but the people in your company know that worth to them and to that experience. And now in this moment, you're creating uh, an environment of vulnerability and truth and honesty. That's awesome, dude. These are this amazing stuff. I, I'm, I'm in awe in this moment. So thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now we should just move into the levity portion. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, my Hot I'm mess. proud of you. I was asking a lot of questions about, and we've kind of been through this in many conversations, but the depression. I asked about physically the sensations, the heaviness, right. emotionally and intellectually, because uh, if we can mindfully observe, and you already do this, but I just did it more for the benefit of, of those listening. If we can mindfully observe our experiences of, of struggle with our mental health and uh, and really see the our thoughts, emotions, and physiology, and how they intermingle to form this this cloud of depression or this cloud of panic or anxiety or whatever it is, stress. Um, we start to demystify it. it. It holds less of a sway over us. When we see, oh, I'm having this kind of thought because physically I feel this way and emotionally I feel this way, and they're kind of feeding into each other. Once we take a step back and observe that, all of a sudden it's it's got less of a, a kind of a sway or a power over us. Um, it's a little bit more ambiguous and, and more challenging to do with depression, but a lot of times it's really easy to do with stress and panic and anxiety. I always use my, uh, and I'll just share this briefly so we can get to the levity, but I was used to use, uh, I, I use this in my classes regularly. Um, my experiences of panic and anxiety before I go on stage. Uh, for seven years, I didn't want to face that, so I would drink, numb it, shove it down, get on stage, grin and bear it, get off stage and party, smoke and do whatever. Then lost dad and I took a different approach, took a mindful mental health approach. And, and I would sit there and observe these experiences of panic before I'd go on stage and I'd 
observe that it was a thought. I am not as good as that singer on stage right now, or uh -huh. I'm my words, or whatever the thought was that would trigger an emotional response of fear. And then that would trigger physiological response of my heart's beating faster, my body's tensing up, oh my gosh, I'm physically feeling anxious. So of course now I'm gonna have more anxious thoughts. You know, now, now I'm worried about my fly being down or breaking a guitar string or whatever it is. And then more emotions as we get stuck in this closed feedback loop, thoughts, emotions, mm -hmm. sensations. And if we can bring our attention instead of from those thoughts to the breath, to the body, we start to break down that closed feedback loop. Even if we just bring our awareness to observing that feedback loop rather than participating in it, we start to change our experience of it. When we're lost in it, either in avoiding it or in indulging it, uh, we're just lost. We're stuck there. But once we step out of it and observe it from the present moment, from our breath, we can really start to break it down. So depression is harder because the onset of anxiety is so quick sometimes. We can right. see it unfolding. But depression is like just weeks of this slow physiological kind of depressive subconscious underpinning. And then that gives way to a thought here or there, like I'm not good enough or I should have been doing this or I don't contribute enough to the household. And then those thoughts start to create this emotion of sadness and worthlessness and then there's more thoughts and more physiology and then we're just stuck in that depressive feedback loop and so a big part of the mindful mental health journey is to notice as you've done notice those that momentum as it's right. creeping along before it takes you over completely and to intervene by going outside and doing a meditation or willingly talking about it on a podcast the embodiment right, of right. mental health <laughs> but you're, you just you described it though perfectly it does sneak up on you mm -hmm. you know sometimes yeah, depression's a bitch. It is. <laughs> and I will say the um, Ed Lally Foundation has um, many links and resources. So if um, you're finding yourself kind of lost and not really sure where to go, um, check that out. And it, it will really help you out a lot. Yeah. EdLallyFoundation.com. Or message one of us, you know. Ed Lally Foundation. Um... Even now, even now, if you think that I can't, you know, help you because I'm going through it, I'm happy to help you. I, with all my heart, I can honestly say I'm happy to help because I think we're all in this together. You know, when somebody has a cold, you don't say, oh, you're on your own. You know, if I have a cold too, you know, you kind of, here's a tissue. So it's kind of like the same thing, you know. If you got this going on, you know, we got it going on together. So um, we'll get through it together. And T Together we heal, baby. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Together we heal. Was it this one? I got together. my... Uh, Candice is holding up her Ed Lally Foundation My refocus Foundation bands. Band. Is that Together We Heal one? Yep. yep together, together We, we heal. heal. You know. That's what it's all about, man. Yes. Where, this, this whole... Uh, Depression and anxiety are can be, if we let them, such an isolating uh, disease, struggle, however you want to phrase it. It can be if we leave it to its own devices, but if we intervene and talk about it, then we can just help heal together, man. That's <laughs> awesome. So, I don't know. I'm, if, you, if you're listening to this, you can't see me, but I'm smiling from ear to ear because i'm just so exceptionally proud of you can and i have like an ugly cry face going on <laughs> <laughs> Take it i can't kid. pull off like the crying like face like it will be like looks like i was like beat my eyes are all puffy and <laughs> i don't know why i bother to put makeup on lord um, be with me it is what it is 
Taken out of context, it probably screenshot this. I'm like, oh my gosh, you would love to, wouldn't you? Crying. I'm like, like a little insensitive. Hot mess express. Um, Badass express from my perspective. (laughs) Um, Sincerely, Kenneth, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being vulnerable and uh, sharing all that, you know. We'll see what happens after this. <laughs> you sound <laughs> <in> the world, <laughs> but but you're always a safe space, and I appreciate you and your light and your love and um, and the many texts I send you when I hit this rock bottom feeling. I do, <laughs> I do. Like Jordan's the one person. In fact, Tim will say, um, "Did you text Jordan?" <laughs> and he doesn't know what to tell me you know uh yeah it's hard it's hard if if you don't have the experiential understanding of depression mm-hmm. that's I, you alluded to this when you started talking but that's what helped me understand dad's suicide is because i just channeled my own experiences and reflected on my own experiences of depression and, and then i was like oh i could certainly see how my brain could follow that trajectory if i lived my life the same way my dad did in terms of right. not talking about what i was going through or meditating or anything like that um, anyway, Ken, I think you're all awesome and I, and I appreciate you being honest. Do you think you're up for some levity? I mean, we got to, cause <laughs> otherwise this is going to be a big downer. <laughs> put everybody in a depression. <laughs> I, I, that's another thing. Sorry to bring it back to it, but I, I'm going to give you all, I'll give you all my depression, like a sneeze. I, th- I think it's, I think it's uplifting. No. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. The sentiment a hundred percent, of course, but I think it, people's truth is so uplifting for folks and and, because you're not saying like i'm depressed here's 87 reasons why i'm going to justify my depression because this person did me wrong and that person so everybody listen to me bitch for 20 minutes now you're saying i'm depressed it hurts here are tears and here's what the depression is like i'm going to voice it for you in a way that isn't about the outside world it's about my inner world and it's going to help you feel less alone and that is tremendously uplifting for folks who are in that same space and, and might, you know, might have an inclination to, you know, to, to blame it on the outside world instead of well, maybe right. realize that my, my brain chemistry is a little off and other people feel this way. And maybe there's things I can do to feel better, or at least, you know, to use your metaphor to, to, to weather the storm, you know, with more grace and more self-compassion. So. Thank you. Right. So now we're just going to do stupid voices, right? (laughs) Okay. Natural natural transition. All right. Um, Okay, Jordan, I I want you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it to you. Okay. I want you to, um, I want you to order some tacos as Bugs Bunny. (laughs) Oh, no. I don't even know Bugs Bunny talk. Did he talk? It's going to have you have to use your memory bank and you know what happens there. My first inclination was to go, but I don't think that's Bugs Bunny. That's a chicken or something. All right. I can't think about it. If I think about it, I'll try to. All right. What am I? I'm ordering a taco. If you can't see Jordan, he tried to put his teeth out like buck teeth like Bugs Bunny. I'm channeling channeling my bugs. Um, <laughs> I, I would like a could I get a, a soft taco with some mm, 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 meat please <laughs> that's like over fun <laughs> oh shit that, that is who that is uh, I'd like to 
like that one better. What is what does Bugs Bunny sound like? I don't remember. Well, you, like he had that carrot. Yeah. Well, that's what I was trying to get. Yeah, guy. But <laughs> I, that's like a cigar. Like, hey, wise um, guy. Oh, you know that wise guy thing. Tim will do that voice and drives me crazy. I don't know. It's like fingernails to me when he's like, I say whatever. Yeah, I can't. what do you say, guy? Oh, I can't. I can't with that one. That's his whistling to me. So that, I don't know what Bugs Bunny sounds like, but I thought teeth, carrot, yeah. that kind of voice. Like, hey, get, yeah. give me a taco, guy. I need a taco. Please <laughs> get a taco over here. Oh, oh, real quick, give me a taco. Yeah. Yes, perfect. Okay, that's, that's perfect. my Bugs Bunny. I like it. <laughs> All right. Oh, goodness. I got to do some, like, celebrity prep work. Because I'm like... Um, I have no celebrity. Well, my, you know my impressions. You've all witnessed it. Um, how about you order a falafel oh. <laughs> um, as as <laughs> for some reason Jessica Alba came to my brain but there's let me give let me think of something that actually has um as order a falafel as David Beckham that's like an English accent oh my that's, goodness you've heard my accents that's why I want you to do it and it needs to be it needs to be a deep voice <laughs> a falafel <laughs> I would like to order a falafel with some mustard <laughs> and a little bit of a cherry on top. <laughs> it's not a falafel. I love falafels. <laughs> but that's just what came out. Cherry on, mate. <laughs> the first half of that was actually really good. I was, good. I, I, if my eyes are closed, I thought I was David Beckham. <laughs> I like it a lot. And then we got into the cherries and, and geared off a little bit. How would you have done Jessica can, Alba? Can I bring uh, Chase in to do an impression real quick? Yes, Chase. <laughs> what's up, dude? All right, Chase. We're doing impressions, okay? All right. Hey, Chasey. What's your best best impression? And do you know? Wait, I'm going to go practice for a second. No, no, no. What's what? your best impression? <laughs> I think I love impressions. He's got a lot of impressions. He's got a lot, lot of impressions. Okay. This, this. I don't know if you can see that. What is it? Is it? Can I be featured? <laughs> Candace just held up a, a handwritten sign from Chase that she'd slipped, slipped to Candace and it's like, can I be featured? He just got home from school. <laughs> oh, this kid has no shame in his game. So we'll feature his impression in a moment. Yes, he's how would you how, how would you have done Jessica Alba? Let me hear Jessica Alba. Oh my goodness. Falafel. I don't even know if I ever heard her talk before. I haven't either. Had I think I would like a falafel. <laughs> she sounds so. It's like a, like a wafy model. That's what that sounded yeah. like to I me. I think I would like a falafel. That's right. Yes, that's pretty good. I think it, she does like organic stuff, so it have to. Are you ready? Yeah. An organic falafel. All right. Who's the voice? All right. Every YouTuber. Ladies and gentlemen. No, nobody knows YouTubers. No, just trust me. It's gonna. Okay. Be it's going to be great. It's a YouTuber, Here's I guess. Chase doing a YouTuber impression. Ladies and gentlemen, Chase Minix. <laughs> okay, guys. Welcome back to another video. If you don't like to subscribe in the next five seconds, the spider's going to wake up in your bed. <laughs> it's a YouTuber. Nobody knows. Nobody knows that YouTuber. I'm not saying. It's not a specific YouTuber. What's his name? 
no one. It's just a specific. It's not it's a specific. You? It's no, a general. It's a specific YouTuber. It's just a general a YouTuber. YouTuber. Just a general Everyone, YouTuber. Everyone, literally every YouTuber, always says, "If you don't like subscribe in the next five seconds, this is gonna like, put in your bin or something." Oh, uh, that's what all the YouTubers kind of uh-huh. threaten. Maybe that's what we should do. We should threaten. Yeah. If you don't like and subscribe to our podcast, the spider's going to crawl up in your bed. Maybe we can get Chase to do a message that we oh, use at the end. I hope you can see the video of that because Chase, oh, no. Chase just emerged from the, the back <laughs> from my of my backdrop. Hey, Chase, can you, can you do um, please like and subscribe to Truth and Levity podcast? As that YouTuber, my guy. As, as that YouTuber? If you don't like and subscribe to the Truth and Levity podcast in the next 3.5 seconds, this spider's going to wake up in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chase. My dude. I come from the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this kid. He needs his own show. Yeah, I'm sure he'll have one. Mm. Him and Kaya. Yes. All right. Um... Five things. Do some five things here. Um, Love you. Love you too, buddy. Love you, Chaser. All right. Kiana, here's your five things. Don't think. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's do five things. Okay. Kiana, don't think these. Okay. Just say them. Five things you do when you're depressed. Go. Drink. One. Sleep. Two. Eat. Three. Cry. Four. Mourn. Five. <laughs> that was so easy. <laughs> that was like the easiest thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've ever done. Drink, sleep, eat, I don't even. I don't even drink, though. I won't drink when I'm depressed, honestly, because I know it is depressant and it will yeah. only exacerbate the situation, so. Yeah, well. That's uh that goes back to that that feedback yeah. loop we were talking about thoughts emotion. Yeah. So if you have that depressive undercurrent but you're not yeah. aware of it and you just start drinking because I don't want to feel this way. Yes, just I just feeds know into it all the more. I don't like that feeling, so I'm not gonna like feed that feeling. Yeah. So I'll try and like give it better feelings. You know, like I more vitamin D, more B12. You know, mm. I'm fighting it, but um, yeah. That's the only lasting thing that I've known that ever really just created ex- change. I just accept it and just do it, you know. Love yourself. And the, and the starting things without finishing them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put this out here. So I just recently finished a course on teaching meditation and mindful meditation and yoga to children. I finished mm-hmm. the course. Now what I have next is the certification where I it's really not a whole lot to do. But in my depressive brain somehow have halted myself from doing that okay boom external accountability now created candace we look forward to you finishing that by episode 12 okay done done episode 12 two weeks but i know it'll be a wonderful thing but there's something that goes nope i i every time i have a i understand that i have Right now, that is my experience with this, the book that I wrote. I can't wait uh, for that. Are you I, doing that? It's, it's been done enough, right? But then I have this version of it that I need to create this perfect version before I send it to a publisher, blah, blah, blah. 
And that I've been stuck in that space for like six, eight months. And I'm so busy. Well, I'm so busy. I can't do it. And I'm actually, uh, Megan and I are trying to connect with a publisher or literary agent or somebody. So I have external accountability. If I have a deadline and somebody to to own up to, I kick ass. But if it's just left to me and my devices, it's easy just to lose track of that and put it to the bottom of the shuffle. I have a little bit of that too, Ken, with um, starting certain things and and not finishing Not finishing them. Or um, so, do we need external accountability for that one? Sure, I guess. Yeah, if you know. Can you do it by twelve? <laughs> no, wait, by twelve today? No. No, by by episode twelve. Oh no, 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 no. So what what episode do you think? I don't know. Twenty. Um, Ten more. What is that? Is that Ten two weeks. Months? Two. What would that be? Ten weeks. Okay. 10 weeks. That puts us in end of June, beginning of July. Ah, 7 4. Oh, what? 7 4. Let's do 5 7 4 21. Okay. Let's That's my it. accountability. Which is 7 4 3. Com- yep. Completed draft of book sent Perfect. off to someone. Sounds publisher good. Publisher or something. Okay. But more importantly, we got your accountability happening in the next two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> That's great. Uh, All right. I'm going to do one more five oh, things five, at you. I Let need a five things one. for you. Yeah, but I'm going to give one to you. Oh, five okay. things you do to feel better when you're depressed. Go. Meditate. One. Medicine. Two. Cry. Three. Talk. Four. Sleep. Five. These are five things. How awesome that you mentioned cry in both. Cause that's the yeah. truth. That's yeah. the truth. Amen. It's when you hold it in. I think that's where, where the pain sits, mm-hmm. you know, although yeah. I feel like I'm crying all the time. My goodness, hot mess, but all right. I got to give you five things. Just okay. Five things you do <laughs> when your sister sends you tech. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, Five so five book titles for your book. Oh gosh, this is too real. Um, this <laughs> Don't is think. Too real. The Lost Way Home. One. Um, love is it? Two. Garbanzo beans. Three. <laughs> um, ah, that, that's four. four. Why not? Five. These are five things. things. <laughs> you never know. One of those might be like the boom. <laughs> I hope it's garbanzo beans. Garbanzo beans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Well. Oh. Well, thank you. Candace, I again applaud your vulnerability, and I think perhaps um, we should leave our listeners with some wise words. My my sweet puppy just came up on my lap. Well, I Whenever I pie. cry, she just kind of um, loves on me a little bit, and Chase brought her back in my room <laughs> and mm-hmm. left her. So, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> trying to stick her tongue in my mouth, but okay, Annie. All righty. So, uh, Annie, wise words. Annie, want to start us off with a wise word, Annie? Annie, do you have a wise word? Mm, sweet girl. Um, love is everything that you need and desire for. life? Ah. Ah.
I like that. That's a good one. Well, thank you. And thank, thanks to anyone who uh, listened to my, my little therapy session. <laughs> thank you um, for your truth, Candace. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Um, and to everybody out there listening, as Candace said, if you're struggling, if you need some help, um, reach out to the crisis text line, the suicide prevention line, you can call, you can text. Uh, Candace, maybe you can put them up there in yeah. uh, the edit. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, just know that, that people love you. And there are always people that love you, even if your brain won't allow you to, to see that or feel that reality. There's, there's far more love out there for you than you know. Amen. And lastly, if you don't subscribe, Chase is going to put spiders in your bed. <laughs> spiders in your bed. Yes, please like and subscribe. Check out the edlallyfoundation.com. There's so many awesome events going on um, tonight. There's an uh, um, intro to meditation, which you probably won't get to tonight because the podcast won't be up, but that will be you'll offer that many more times you offer I'm that sure. month, monthly yeah intro monthly, to which is just an awesome 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 workshop like I, it's just it's awesome and um you know there's a lot of tai chi for seniors there's um uh, sleep nidra for sleeping yeah. if you're having trouble sleeping there's improv um for anxiety which we had one class already which was awesome i can't think off the top of my head are you pulling them up no no, I just had a realization that uh, I, I asked you if you were going to put these numbers on the screen, but this is a podcast. Yes. So it's not <laughs> I'll, put them on, I'll put them on Instagram. Well, and, uh... I, I just pulled them up real quick. I just wanted to mention. Um, so the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. So again, that's 800-273-8255. And uh, the crisis text line, which our very own DJ Fridges uh, volunteers is a crisis text line counselor. Um, if you're struggling, you can text HOME to 741-741. Um, but yeah, whether it's a, a hotline, a text line, a friend, a stranger, a neighbor, I think, I think you'd be surprised that the amount of love that's out there waiting for you if, you if you open yourself up to it and give voice to your struggles. A lot of us can relate. In fact, my experience has been every single human being that I've met since uh, I started getting honest can relate. Yes, that's the truth. All right, subscribe or spiders are going to get you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you all so much. Thank you, Ken. We love you, Candace. Until next week. Bye. Bye. In a cold You took that thing, you took that, that weapon that killed dad, and you took that weapon and you said, here you go. Everybody see this weapon? Right here. We all live with it. Some are more aware than others. I'm not going to be afraid of it. I'm not going to hide it from everybody. I'm not going to allow it to hold sway over me. I'm just going to give voice to it. It's badass, dude.